0: Hello, everybody. My name is David Michael,
1: and I'm Michael Carter,
0: and we are Ridiculously Ridiculously Bored. How's it going, Michael?
1: Very good, David. Yourself? How is Colorado treating you as you're into, what, your second week there?
0: Uh, yeah it's actually pretty nice um, comparatively speaking if I compare the weather to the weather in Phoenix it's uh it's uh what 20 to 30 degrees cooler on average which is pretty That's sweet it's still in the 90s in Phoenix right now and in Colorado it's anywhere from like 60 to 70 yeah <laughs> in fact we woke up this morning it was in the 40s. And you feel that crisp mountain air. It's just, uh, it doesn't compare. You can't uh, can't really compare <laughs> it. But the weird thing about Colorado weather is it'll be fucking 85 degrees one day and then it'll be 60 the next. And the swing between like one day to the next is just absolutely incredible.
1: Are you finding yourself going out and buying a lot of sweaters now?
0: No, I bought I bought one like hoodie and like that's all I've been wearing like all week long. But uh, nice. yeah, obviously I need some some more winter clothes. I only brought one jacket out from Phoenix. I actually haven't even used it because it was a little bit overkill. Um, a little bit too warm for, uh, for this weather, but uh, a nice hoodie does does wonders.
1: Nice. You know those those days where the temperature swings like 25, 30 degrees is just so fucked up because like you know the day before yeah. you walk out, if it's super cold, You have, you're fully bundled up, you have your fucking jacket, you have long pants, all that shit. And then the next day you walk out in a similar outfit and you're like, oh my God, it's so fucking hot. Like, it's very difficult to plan. (laughs) Well, I guess guess you could look at a fucking app and tell you what the weather is, but.
0: (laughs) Well, but it it even changed like throughout the week. Like like Monday, it was, I think the high was 89. And then obviously we're talking Fahrenheit here. And uh, for those international folks that are listening, and then today, the high was 58. Jesus. This is three days apart. So I don't know what's going on with the weather, but from what I understand, the people that live out here say that's fairly normal. Like there'll be days in the winter where the high is 45 and then it'll be 70. Yeah,
1: but those people are all fucked up. Wasn't Colorado one of the first to make weed legal?
0: <laughs> yes, it was. It was.
1: <laughs> they don't even know the difference. They're like, it's the same as yesterday, man. <laughs> <laughs> so... Did you, I don't know if we talked, it was all right. It's been all right so far. Uh, Tomorrow is Friday. I can't wait. Weekend's here. Um, Did you ever see the show MXC, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge? I can't remember if we talked about it here.
0: No, I don't think so. No, we definitely didn't talk about it. I don't remember it.
1: Okay. So first of all, if anybody hasn't seen that, find it, watch it. It's amazing. But It is, so it's based on, it's like a 1970-ish Japanese game show. Um, And I think the game show was called either Tanaka's Castle or or Takashi's Castle, something like that. Um, And MXC, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, is a version from about 2000 where they took that old game show and overdubbed it and wrote all their own shit and so they use these. Ch- they, they, they have the background background of the ch- the events happening in the back. So the events are anything like um, people trying to get around. Um, they're jousting somebody. People trying to get around like. Some oh, so this is like by.
0: America Ninja Warrior shit. A little bit.
1: It's like Amer- American Ninja What? War- American Ninja <laughs> Warriors meets Pokemon meets. Um, Drugs. It was just a crazy game show. (laughs) Yeah. There's no other way to describe it. So like one of the challenges, they're trying to get up this mountain and these they're aliens. They're supposed to be, quote unquote, aliens are rolling these massive rocks down at them. Clearly, they're like paper mache or something like that. But people are taking a fucking beating. But (laughs) the thing about this show is the two guys who, who kind of stole the idea. Think of Mystery Science Theater 3000, that kind of thing. So they stole the idea and they're they're dubbing over it. And they're saying, first of all, everything's sexual, right? Every <laughs> single comment is sexual in one way or another. So that's one. Two, the, the things they're saying, the things they're doing are insane. So I've seen that show. I love that show. I turned on your fucking Squid Games the other day. <laughs> right? So having had that experience already where that kind of thing is happening. So I start watching it and... It it starts off, it is so campy, so hokey. It it's it's horrendous. So and and now I keep as I get a couple minutes in each time, I keep pausing it because I'm like, I'm just curious how much time's left in this episode. <laughs> so about the first ten minutes, I'm like, this thing just sucks, right? The guy's like super, super campy, yeah, as well sure. as like really overdone, like, oh come on, yep. ma. Like yep. that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, I get to about twenty minutes, and I'm actually wishing that I had never learned the gift of English and understanding words. Like that's that's how bad it is. The first twenty minutes, the twenty fifth minute randomly he gives this cat a fish, which I wanted to slap you with, right? So that happened at the twenty fifth minute. 30, 30 min, about 30 minutes in, I actually started Googling flights to come to where you are and smack the shit out of you, because that's how bad I thought this was. Um, in the wait, 30s, for it, wait for it. <laughs> in the 30s, there's a scene where somebody gets gassed, and I'm actually now jealous right, of that person <laughs> being gassed. Um, The late 30s, there was a scene where these guys come out in like these hoods, these little red dots on their face. Uh So I I appreciated that gimped outfit type thing. That was all right. Mm -hmm. I'll give you that. That brought my mood back a little bit. Keeps going, though. In the early 40s, there's a scene where some guy is, he gets his mask gets scanned (laughs) into the elevator to make sure he's who he is. So Mm -hmm. just so stupid because that means anybody could do it. Reminded me of Eyes Wide Shut by Kubrick, which, for those who right. haven't seen that movie, atrocious. Oh, I actually like that movie. Yeah. Then in the early 50s, when everybody's in, sorry, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it too bad, you should have watched it. Spoiler alert, they start playing jazz music while people are getting mowed down in this event, <laughs> <laughs> right? Fucking unbelievable. far start playing jazz music. And then it ends, this is the part that I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It ends with the camera like backing away from these, like everything you'd think of when you think of Austin Powers, all the bad jokes they make in there about the evil guy living in a mountain and all the shit that could happen there. The camera backs away and it's like some secret island hideaway where this fake roof closes over the island. And so they show you that's where the events are happening. I can't wait for episode two. <laughs> it's so crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just so. it, it I rem, I rem, I mean, I told the story last week. I, I had no intention on watching it, and then it jumped to like the number one episode. And it's funny because I can't wait for you to watch the other episodes because, like, people on TikTok are now trying some of the things some of the games on tiktok so it's gotten the popularity is up there now that people are actually trying to do these things themselves and they're like oh shit i'm dead so um but yeah there's there's a lot of good good material to talk about in later episodes but it's just it comes out of left field it's like there's no way this is going to be good and then all of a sudden you're like holy fucking shit like who the hell thought of this and who, who, Even more importantly, who greenlit this to become a, <laughs> a, a show
1: that Netflix was going to buy? <laughs> and then it just gets way off the rails. Netflix must have been like, look, we got nothing left, guys. Nothing, right? Does anybody have those ideas that we always said we would never do? Oh, Squid Games, is it? <laughs> so the other <laughs> thing is, the other thing that when I'm watching this is, I'd like if you didn't tell me about it and granted cuz it's number 1 that on Netflix it probably kept me a little bit more interested to watch it through. I don't know how a lot of people are making it past the first 10 or 15 minutes to be honest. Those, those Yeah, painful, the first episode's first brutal.
0: The first first 30 minutes I would even say are pretty brutal. Um and I, I think it's the same with me. I think I'm like, all right, I got to like stick it through and see where this is going. And then after like the first episode, you kind of get hooked. And then, because now all of a sudden you're like, wow, there these games that we played as kids um, have, you know, life and death, you know, results. And we're just like, holy shit. Like all of the games, well, I would say most of the games are um, are games that you or I have played when we were kids. And some of them that are a little bit more Asian in nature um, my wife, who half her family is Asian, she's kind of you know. She said, "Yeah, that's that, that's legit." So <laughs> hmm. it's uh, it's pretty cool how they did that.
1: Yeah. So like I said, if you didn't recommend it, I I couldn't. I would not have made it through the first episode. I, that I know for a fact. So that was interesting. Um. So as you've been getting stuff for your place out there, you know, we talked about it a little bit. You sounds like you haven't experienced much of the delays that are happening when it comes to furniture and products and things like that. Cause you kind of tried to buy stuff that was available, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we knew going in, I mean, you had warned me. Um, I hadn't bought furniture in a while before this week and you had kind of warned me. So I kind of went in going, all right, let's see what's available. And the only thing we really didn't get, like I said, is, is just the bedroom set. Everything else we were able to get though. And yeah. I was fucking building furniture all week long.
1: So because of the backlog of stuff, I now have to keep a list of shit I've ordered that I still haven't gotten in because I paid for them. All of them fucking charge your card right away. That's one thing they, there's no delay on that. Um, So we ordered like a couple extra chairs for the dining room table. We need a part for a closet door that we got that came, well, it came fine. My cousin broke it when he was helping me put it in, but Um, The company thinks it came broken, but that's another story. Um, And the poker table, right? The poker table I talked about, I think, recently, I ordered it. They said two to 14 weeks. So it's been about three, four weeks since I originally ordered it. And so I reach out to the company. So just to like any updates, like what's happening, you know, we're kind of three weeks in. I'm just curious. They basically write back, and they said it much nicer than this, but they basically wrote back and said, we fucking told you 12 to 14 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Stop calling, so, asshole. Yeah. So it just we have no idea when that stuff's going to come, but I, I hate that whole process of you get charged, and then it's sit here and wait, right? Well, I, I think we've been spoiled
0: um over the last 15, 20 years, and you have, I mean, I, I thank and blame Amazon for – pushing the distribution industry to where it is today. For example, I mean, I'm in Denver and I live in Phoenix, right? So both areas have Prime Now. If you don't know what Prime Now is, it's Amazon's two-hour delivery service. So I could literally order a fucking computer and then two hours later, some dude's knocking on my door with a big box. I mean, that's unheard of. And just 15 years ago, like you were looking at seven to 10 days UPS ground for anything you ordered online. And, you know, they've kind of revolutionized it. And as a result, we've been, I mean, even things like DoorDash, like I can order friggin' dinner and instead of going to pick it up, I can have some dude do it for me and for a couple extra bucks and it, it'll be in my house in 20 minutes. Like we're, we're starting to get to a point. Remember the movie Wally Yeah. Right, where where like humans, like no, they just sit in chairs all day and they become these big gelatinous, like flabby, you know, masses. We're we're getting to that point where that's pretty much becoming a reality because you don't yeah. need to leave your couch in order to do just about anything.
1: My friend, the pole. You won't. You won't let me call him Pollock. My friend. And you pole, just did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I didn't. I said I wouldn't call yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a cancer, David. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for how long
0: you were going to slip that in. What was that, 13 minutes? All
1: right, he good job. He constantly talks about that. I think partly, like, he loves that movie in general, but he constantly talks about that, how that's what we're becoming. Yeah. You know, we eventually food's sliding off the table in your mouth. But what's, <laughs> what's great about those services, as you're talking about, right? So DoorDash, you have now where not only can you do those things, but it's smart enough that... When you order, it's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to be home in an hour. I'm going to order from where I am. So it gets there kind of at the same time. Mm -hmm. And when you order, it's like, oh, you're far from that address. You sure you want to do that? Yeah. And you can be like, yeah, 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 that's what I'm going to do. Uh And then last year when the pandemic really hit, and so I don't, where I live, I don't have the option of uh, Prime now, though with saying that, they did open a warehouse for Amazon um, five minutes from my house. So that might have changed, but I haven't checked. So it used to be always prime two two days, all that kind of stuff. So we're so spoiled in our society now that when the pandemic hit and prime Started taking like two Amazon Prime, started taking like four days or six oh, days yeah, instead yeah. of two. Oh, I was I'm like, so What bent. the fuck? Yep, Jeff Bezos, put your cock rocket down and get your packages to me within the two days, like you promised. I was, like it was the, so it was turned possibly off by, the, by end that. Of the world.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I was so turned off by that, too. I'm like, What do you mean I can't have my shit in two hours? Three days.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, so then you know, slowly it improved and obviously went back to normal. But now because of all the worldwide shipping delays, whenever I order something, I just look if it's in stock or not. Like, that's it. I'm not, I don't want to wait. I don't want to see if they have it. It's in stock or not, then I'll order it. So,
0: so funny story about that. When I, um, so my, my entire career has been really centered around e-commerce. When I was uh, a junior in college, the web kind of exploded. So I taught myself how to program and, and before you know it, I was an in-demand, you know, um. Resource because uh, yeah, there just weren't a whole lot of web developers out there. So, so I go to work for this Fortune five hundred company, and you know, I am helping manage their e commerce presence. And you know, we had you know the ability to do FedEx, UPS, and get people computer parts in three to five days. That was kind of like the the normal and then seven to 10 UPS ground. And then, you know, but most, most everything you would order would be in like three to five days. So while I'm there, I get heavily recruited by a startup called living.com and it ended up getting bought by Martha Stewart's, um, company, but, uh, and living.com was this furniture business, right? And they were the world's, they were supposed to be the world's first, like online furniture store, superstore right? They wanted to be the amazon.com of furniture. So I go and they're based out of Austin. So I fly down to Austin and I interview with them. And it's 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 a startup in every sense of the word. They're in an office building. There's boxes of unopened furniture and desks. And they're literally like people are building their own desks from like, you know, from these boxes of stuff, right? And they're they're putting their own computers together so that they can work at this company. And what ended up happening is they just got a ton of funding, like $25 million worth of funding. So they're like, we're going to just staff up really quick and just blow this thing out of the water. So I'm interviewing with, you know, a couple of the folks that are working for the startup. And one of them like this, you know, super high level senior VP guy. And so I'm asking them questions about it. And I'm like, so how long on average does it take to get furniture from, you know, your warehouse to a customer? And he says, well, on average, about four to six weeks. And I said, okay, so how, how are you guys going to fix that? And he's like, no, no, that, that's just what it is. That's that's how long it's going to take. And I'm like, wait, what? Said, I, I, I don't understand. And he he's explaining it to me. And I'm like, I get it, but it makes no sense. Nobody's going to buy a piece of furniture online that they can't see and then wait four to six weeks for it to get there to finally realize that, you know what, this isn't exactly what I wanted. And how do you send back a, a two hundred pound couch, right? Like, how, how what's what's that like? What's the cost on that like? How do you do that? And I'm, I'm I, I literally get into the, an argument with this guy while I'm. While I'm interviewing, he's telling me, no, no, it's people are going to be okay with it. I'm like, no, they're not going to be okay with it. There's no way we're heading in the complete opposite direction. We're, we're going to see stuff in days, not weeks, not months. So we ended the interview. I'm like, I don't think I'm the right fit for this role. So I went back to Phoenix and continued to do my thing. And um, they went out of business two months later. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, was like a bought by Martha Stewart. So yeah. you have a crime, literally a crime boss as you could have a crime boss as your boss.
0: Yeah. And, well, she, so they went under and she bought all their assets. Like their, yeah. the, the domain name living.com was worth more than the actual business was at that point in time. So she bought all the assets and turned it into Martha Stewart living, which is like, now it's her brand.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that whole aspect of buying big furniture and things like that online. So, Um, there's a, there's a podcast called how I built this and what the guy does is he interviews companies now that are, you know, name brands, massive, well-known, but he he gets down to the nitty gritty of like, Hey, how did you start? And so one of the interesting ones was the guy who done, who did crate and barrel, uh, you know, there was a couple pieces in there that were really interesting was one, he literally got the name crate and barrel because the first store he opened, he just got the shit from China open the crates and the barrels that it came in and put the shit on top. <laughs> and he was going to give it some other name. And a friend said to him, no, call it crate and barrel. That's what you're doing. And he was like, it's oh, a great name. Yeah. So then he talked about the progress of especially furniture was one of the big things he talked about. And he said, I think it was the late nineties, maybe early two thousands where he said that, you know, at that point the internet's now starting to take off and everything's kind of blowing up and mm-hmm. Google's been around for a little bit and all that stuff. He said that he was totally against selling furniture online he's like nobody's ever gonna buy furniture it is so stupid the whole concept of it and he says thankfully somebody he knew who was doing stuff in germany actually who was already hitting the ground running and already doing this said to him look you're gonna fucking miss the boat if you don't get in on this so he actually started investing in it and putting the infrastructure in place and this interview is maybe four or five years ago He said now, like 50% of their furniture sales happens online. Yeah, So it's fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, but the thing is they figured out the logistics piece. Um, I didn't know this, but at the time, like 80% of the country's furniture came out of like North Carolina. Like Mm -hmm. for some reason, that area uh, in this, you know, kind of mid east section of the Atlantic, you know, board of the United States, there's just a ton of warehouse makers and, um, sorry, furniture makers and warehouses out there. So, um, apparently all of that shit was being, you know, built and then shipped out from there. So they finally figured it out and now they've, you know, they're, they're, they've distributed those across the country so that you could actually get stuff quicker. But for a while, it seemed like a pipe dream.
1: Yeah. And you know, when I was a kid, I remember hearing various times, somebody would say things like, oh yeah, I'm going to go down to North Carolina to look at furniture, or I'm going to go down to North Carolina to buy a car. Like, one of my brother's friends bought a car down in North Carolina, like, 20 fucking five years ago he did it. Yeah, It's crazy. just one of those things. It must be something to do with the taxes, the location, all those different things that go into it um, that might play into it. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's just crazy. Nowadays, you know, this is why Toys R Us isn't here anymore. Because there are times when you just want to feel something, touch it, play with it, mm-hmm. see what it is before you actually buy it. Sure. And so the, the model I started using at Toys R Us is... I would go in there, look at something, be like oh yep, this is this is what I want, and then go buy it online. My niece will think yeah. I like it. That I, my niece will like it. My this person will like it, etc. I want to buy it as a gift. I would look up while I was in the store on Amazon. It's fucking ten bucks cheaper on Amazon, so I've just ordered it through Amazon. Yeah. So I, I still haven't bought that I can think of, other than the, the poker table that's coming. I don't think there's many things I bought online. That's like that kind of, Oh, I bought this desk that I'm sitting at (laughs) now that I think about it. Um, so yeah, I guess I am doing that as well. Yeah. I, for
0: me, the, the whole touchy feely thing was bookstores. I used to love going to like a Barnes and Noble and I would like, you know, pick up the magazines and look through some of the magazines and walk through the book aisles. There was one right next to the movie theater that, um, that we used to go to all the time in Phoenix. I mean, movie theater, hell, that's a Are we ever going to be going to a movie theater again? I don't know. I know they're trying really hard. But anyways, there was one next to the movie theater. So we would go like a half hour early, get tickets, and then walk around the bookstore. So I used to love that. But I'd be in there and he would be like, oh, this is a great book. I'd thumb through it, read a couple pages and go, I want to get this. Pull up my phone, go on Amazon.com, buy the fucking book, and then
1: leave the bookstore. (laughs) Well, the big thing is like you see, and I know Barnes and Nobles actually encourages this. It's to get people in there, hang out, look at the books, read the books, things like that. But over and over, there's times when you used to go and you just see people reading there with zero intention of ever buying the book. Yeah. That model doesn't work. Yeah. So I, know, I we'll
0: and see. I haven't seen a Barnes and Noble. They closed that Barnes and Noble probably five, six years ago at least. I haven't seen another Barnes and Noble in the Phoenix area. There's some like way up north in Scottsdale, but the, I just, there's just, they're no longer there anymore. There's just nowhere to go to kind of hang out in a bookstore.
1: Yeah, we have one near us, but we used to have three within a certain range. Now there's just yeah. one. You know, we also, over the time we lost, like Borders used to be the same kind of as Barnes yep. and Noble. those mm-hmm. are all gone. So um, yeah, slowly but surely those are going away. You know, Newberry Comics, which is based out of Boston, they um, they opened uh, Newberry Comics in my mall near where I live. Nice. So I was like awesome a fucking comic book store. Finally. So I go in, there's like three percent comics in there. Oh wow. Everything is either toys, games. They have a bunch of actually albums and CDs and shit, which I, I cannot believe they're still making money on that, but they have all that stuff. But like I don't know how that store's still surviving in general. Like I just I don't get it.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's that's the, the reason that's how they survive. So the comic book store by me is, I would say, 80% gaming. So it's D&D. It's um, all the board games that, you know, you can buy online now. Um, uh, I can't think of a, a – there's a couple of really good board games that, that have slipped my mind right now. Warcraft,
1: but, I think, is the big one, right?
0: Yeah, there, there's – well, that was his online game too. But, yeah, I mean, there's just a ton of – board games that are kind of becoming popular again now that people are starting to to get together in groups and that's how those stores survive is you know people come in they buy dice they buy action figures they buy diecast things they buy you know new modules for dungeons and dragons oh and while they're there they'll probably pick up a comic book or they'll they'll buy a video game or something like that that's how they're surviving is on that that model alone because i don't think you can only be a store right now and not have some other draw and really survive because most of that shit you just get online.
1: Yeah. This episode is sponsored by Amazon. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by the interwebs.
0: <laughs>
1: um, all right, I want to introduce a new game. All right, <clears throat> it's 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 not. Do really I die anything's... if I lose? No. Right, no. Damn it. <laughs> yes. Uh, or as they kept saying, which I thought was funny, they say you will be terminated. So you think it's eliminated. Eliminated, eliminated is what yeah, they kept yeah. saying. So, yeah, that sounds like um, I get knocked out, but they meant eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's really... Oh, sorry, it's not a game. It's a way to introduce a story. So the title of it is called That One Time In. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell a story about that one time in New Orleans. So me and Long Island Nick, I'll call him, we were not in college at the time. It was between high school and college. We kind of took in a couple years off. He was working for a comic book Star Trek vendor, same as I was. And him and I always ended up in these different towns, and became really good friends from it. But as part of the deal, you know, you there like the, the 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 process for a convention. Um, you know, when people who've never done it don't really know this, but the process is you usually fly in on a Friday. You set up the room. You get up really early Saturday, you sell all day. Sunday, you sell for half a day, you break the shit down, you fly home, right? So it's a very usually hectic process in those two and a half days. And so, you know, sometimes there's jet lag involved, sometimes you're just fucking tired from the long day. And so Long Island Nick and I got into a a process of if we didn't want to go out, we didn't want to have a drink or anything, no matter what, if the other guy was like, look, one drink, You had to go out for one drink. And more times than not, that one drink led to another drink, led to another drink, led to another drink, drink and the night just went wherever. So, one time in New Orleans, which you don't really need to encourage people to go out in New Orleans, so that that wasn't really the issue.
0: So, wait, hold on. Are you talking about New Orleans? New Orleans. New Orleans.
1: New Orleans. You ain't Cajun.
0: No, if you're Cajun, it'd be Nolans.
1: Would you pronounce the capital of Louisiana as New Orleans or New Orleans? It's New Orleans. It's neither. It's Baton Rouge. <laughs> oh, I <don't> know. Capital. <laughs> uh, that's a good old joke. <laughs> um, so we go to this bar and I, I might have mentioned this before. I don't remember, but we go to this bar and it's not during Mardi Gras and it is fucking insane, Right. So much so that I'm I actually was like, I would scare I would be scared to be here during Mardi Gras because it's so fucking crazy. Yeah. I assume um, you, know, you were on all these, Bourbon Street. Yeah, we were on Bourbon Street. And so yeah. they have all these like pictures on the wall where basically people have become a human centipede. That's how fucking close they are in these photos in this mm-hmm. wall. I'm like, why would anybody want to do this here? So we start drinking at some bars, we end up at a strip club down there. And the unique thing about this strip club, and look, it's not like I go to them all the time. I actually really don't feel comfortable in them, but we went to, and the thing with this strip club was, unlike most bars, restaurants, or clubs, people have an area that they serve, right? These five tables are mine. You order from here, I help you, that kind of thing. In this particular bar, it was every girl for themselves. So every waitress could help anybody anywhere in the place. So all of them had to have a little bit of a, a hook, right? Like one would like let you put, if you were paying in cash, you would put the, you, she'd be like, yeah, you put the money in my shirt. And, you know, another one was like, if you're going to do a tequila shot, like she would uh, put the salt and, and shit on her so you could do it from her. Like they all had to have a little bit of a hook. And so. Nick and I, we were teenagers. Yeah, that shit at the doesn't time. fly
0: in uh, post pandemic well, uh, yeah, United yeah. States. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, let's be honest, I might still. <laughs> um, <laughs> a little lights all afterwards. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're teenagers, right? We're definitely not even legal at this point. So we don't really have a lot of money either. So we slowly work through our money. And now we get to a point where we know the hotel is about a $15 cab ride away. Couldn't use Uber at the time. You know, that kind of shit didn't exist. So we started evaluating whether or not, did we want another drink? Would we use our money? We ordered another drink. So we got another drink. So now we have no cash. Now we have to walk home. So Long Island is hammered. He is be beyond drunk. So much so that when we're standing outside, I actually have his shirt curled up just to help him stand in my hand because he, he can't stand. I keep letting go and he keeps slamming into things. Which I probably did it more times than I should have because I was getting a lot of amusement out of it <laughs> that he just couldn't stand anymore. So thankfully, when we left the hotel, he pulls out this map. So he grabbed the map. When we left the bar, now he pulled out that map and he's like, "Hey, I got a map. We can walk back. We'll figure it out." Um, yeah, I don't even. We might not have even had cell phones at the time, or if we did, it definitely wasn't. You know, think about you know how bad Blackberries were even 15 years ago, let alone 25 years ago. Yeah. So we're standing in front of the bar. We pull out the map. We see where we have to go. We start walking. We walk for about 10 minutes. Water. The hotel was nowhere near water. Yeah. (laughs) So we hit the water and we're like, what the fuck just happened? So we pull back up the map. And this is how bombed we both were. We now realize we have the map upside down. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) So instead of going right for 10 minutes, we went left for 10 minutes. So now we have to walk all the way back we walk all the way back to the hotel eventually. And then, cause he was so drunk, I actually basically just spent the whole night at watching him to make sure he didn't, uh, what is it, asphyxiation, right? When you throw yeah. up and kill yourself, like to make sure, cause I kept <laughs> turning him fucking over and he kept rolling back over and facing upwards. I'm like, oh man, this dude's gonna oh. die tonight. Oh, so um, that was one time in New Orleans where the, the drinks did not stop until we walked into the water almost.
0: So you, you preempted that by describing it like it's going to be a game. And then you went into just <laughs> telling a story. <laughs> where's the game part? I'm <laughs> like, all right, I'll play. Like, where's the game part?
1: Maybe gotcha. may- introducing all right. a new game is not a not a proper way to say it.
0: Yes, Let me know what people 100%. think of the new segment,
1: which is not a game.
0: Yeah, not a game. And nobody dies yeah. at the end.
1: So with that, I'm Michael Carter.
0: And I'm David Michael.
1: And we are Ridiculously Ridiculously bored. Bored.